From the Science Section of the New York Times, Cancer and Climate Change, by Pierce J. Sellers. I'm a climate scientist who has just been told I have stage 4 pancreatic cancer. This diagnosis puts me in an interesting position. I've spent much of my professional life thinking about the science of climate change, which is best viewed through a multi-decadal lens. At some level, I was sure that, even at my present age of 60, I would live to see the most critical part of the problem and its possible solutions play out in my lifetime. Now that my personal horizon has been steeply foreshortened, I was forced to decide how to spend my remaining time. Was continuing to think about climate change worth the bother? After handling the immediate business associated with the medical news, informing family, friends, work, tidying up some finances, putting out stacks of unread New York Times book reviews to recycle, and throwing a large, limited-edition holiday party, complete with butlers, I had some time to sit at my kitchen table and draw up the bucket list. Very quickly, I found out that I had no desire to jostle with wealthy tourists on Mount Everest or fight for some yardage on a beautiful and exclusive beach, or all those other things one toys with on a boring January afternoon. Instead, I concluded that all I really wanted to do was spend more time with the people I know and love and get back to my office as quickly as possible. I work for NASA, managing a large group of expert scientists doing research on the whole Earth system. I should mention that the views in this article are my own, not NASA's. This involves studies of climate and weather using space-based observations and powerful computer models. These models describe how the planet works and what can happen as we pump carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. The work is complex, exacting, highly relevant, and fascinating. Last year was the warmest year on record, by far. I think that future generations will look back on 2015 as an important but not decisive year in the struggle to align politics and policy with science. This is an incredibly hard thing to do. On the science side, there has been a steady accumulation of evidence over the last 15 years that climate change is real and that its trajectory could lead us to a very uncomfortable if not dangerous place. On the policy side, the just-concluded climate conference in Paris set a goal of holding the increase in the global average temperature to 2 degrees Celsius, or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, above pre-industrial levels. While many have mocked this accord as being toothless and unenforceable, it is noteworthy that the policymakers settled on a number that is based on the best science available and is within the predictive capability of our computer models. It's doubtful that we'll hold the line at 2 degrees Celsius, but we need to give it our best shot. With scenarios that exceed that target, we are talking about enormous changes in global precipitation and temperature patterns, huge impacts on water and food security, and significant sea level rise. As the predicted temperature rises, model uncertainty grows increasing the likelihood of unforeseen, disastrous events. All this as the world's population is expected to crest at around 9.5 billion by 2050, from the current 7 billion. Pope Francis and a think tank of retired military officers have drawn roughly the same conclusion from computer model predictions. 
The worst impacts will be felt by the world's poorest, who are already under immense stress and have meager resources to help them adapt to the changes. They will see themselves as innocent victims of the developed world's excesses. Looking back, the causes of the 1789 French Revolution are not a mystery to historians. Looking forward, the pressure cooker for increased radicalism of all flavors and conflict could get hotter along with the global temperature. Last year may also be seen in hindsight as the year of the death of denial. Globally speaking, most policymakers now trust the scientific evidence and predictions, even as they grapple with ways to respond to the problem. And most Americans, 70%, according to a recent Monmouth University poll, believe that the climate is changing. So perhaps now we can move on to the really hard part of this whole business. The initial heavy...